You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, I want to welcome you back today to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. Hope you are having a wonderful day. And we are going to begin a new brief series today entitled Confusing Bible Conversations. Again, we are working through a list of questions and topics that the young adults at the Preston Crest Discover Young Adults Ministry wanted to study this year. And we are coming to the end of that series. This will be the last segment of that series as we discuss things in the Bible that are very confusing and how we should have at least a minimal understanding of what these subjects may or may not be about. The first topic we're going to consider today in our Confusing Bible Conversation series is the man of lawlessness. To be honest, I was a little bit surprised when I received the request to teach about the man of lawlessness. Not many people have heard about the man of lawlessness. I don't know if you have, uh, but it is one of those subjects that gets pushed to the side. It's tucked away in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And again, it's important to discuss these topics so that when others try to challenge or discredit Scripture, we can have at least a minimal basis of understanding And the men of lawlessness would be one of those examples where we can defend the Christian faith by those who would try to challenge the faith by his obscurity. But he's found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It runs all the way through verse 10. I'll read the passage, and then we will discuss some questions about the man of lawlessness. The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction." He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. 
And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. Well, that's quite the mouthful, but some common questions that people often ask about this passage. The first one being, why is the man of lawlessness even mentioned? And it's important to recognize that the context of the passage that deals with the man of lawlessness is the timing of the second coming of Jesus. That's how Paul begins the chapter, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, or chapter 2, verse 1, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him. You might remember that the Thessalonians were focused on the return of Christ to a fault. That's all they talked about. That's all they thought about. Now, it's important for us to think about the return of Christ and long for that day, but we still have to live our lives on earth until that day happens. And that was the problem in Thessalonica. If you remember also in the book of 2 Thessalonians, Paul will make the statement, which has become a political statement, but it was never meant to be that way. If a man does not work, he should not eat. And that's what the Thessalonians were doing. They had just stopped living their life because they were so focused on waiting for, in what their minds thought to be, the imminent return of Jesus. This chapter is really not about the man of lawlessness. This chapter is more about the second coming of Christ. And so we cannot allow a confusing character in the chapter to overshadow the main plot of the story. For a recent example, if you watched the second presidential debate uh, last week, that would have been on August the 28th, rather than talking about how to get America back on track, many of the candidates started to make personal attacks against each other. And the purpose of the debate was lost. And that's usually what happens in any type of political debate. Well, we can't let that happen here when we look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. This chapter is not about the man of lawlessness. This chapter is about the return of Christ. And the man of lawlessness just happens to be one of the points of conversation about the main point of Christ's return, specifically in the fact that Christ will not return until the man of lawlessness comes first. And that must be kept in proper focus. People often ask, secondly, what is the man of lawlessness like? Well, two big attributes, at least in my mind, jump off the page in the descriptions of his character. Number one, he's prideful. Paul says in verse 4 that he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. That is the height of arrogance. And number two, he's deceptive. Paul says in verse 9 that the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. So that's why he's mentioned, and that's what he's going to be like. The third question that people often ask, which is the question which receives the most attention, 
who is the man of lawlessness? And I guess that might be the most entertaining question to consider. There's really three main options that biblical scholars will offer. Two of them are in theory, and the third option begins to discuss actual people. But option number one is that the man of lawlessness is not a real person, but he's more of a symbolic metaphor for evil. A good example of this would be, on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, we're about to enter the holiday season, Santa Claus. Santa Claus is not a real person. If you're listening to this, I hope I did not just burst your bubble and ruin your life, uh, that Jolly St. Nick is not a real human being. But Santa Claus is a description, a picture, a metaphor for good, generosity, charity. Some would argue that the man of lawlessness is not an individual, but rather a symbol for evil. The problem with that is that the man of lawlessness, whoever he is, has very detailed descriptions in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. In my opinion, these descriptions seem to be a little bit too specific to be a metaphor. But that is one option. Option number two is that the man of lawlessness is some person who does not realize yet that it's them. An example of that would be Peter in the New Testament when Jesus talks about those who will deny him. Peter boldly proclaims he will never do so, and then he ends up doing that very thing. Some would argue that the man of lawlessness does not realize he's the man of lawlessness, but he's living a life that would portray that he would be, though he has not yet come to that realization. The issue with that theory, in my opinion, is that According to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, the man of lawlessness appears to be intentionally deceptive and prideful. In other words, he knows what he's doing. So option three leaves us with some varied alleged suspects, and they are all over the page. Many historians argue and speculate, suggest, I would agree with them, that more than likely this is referring to Emperor Nero who burned Christians at the stake. Others think it could be Emperor Caligula, who was Nero's predecessor, who actually ordered a statue of himself to be mounted in Solomon's temple to be worshipped. Some think it's the Antichrist, which is also mentioned in 1 John chapter 2, but specifically that the man of lawlessness is Paul's description of John's description of the Antichrist in 1 John 2. In other words, the man of lawlessness and the Antichrist are the same person. Others have gone more political, and they have said that it could be Mussolini or Hitler or Stalin, dictators who have ruled throughout history. Others have even said it's the Pope. All of these guesses have issues. Again, I think Emperor Nero is likely the best fit, but Nero never demanded the people to call him God, which is a requirement in verse 4. Emperor Caligula also meets the requirements. The only problem is Caligula died in AD 41, which is at least 10 years before 2 Thessalonians was written. The text implies that the man of lawlessness was yet to be revealed. Those timetables don't match up. Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin, they were never worshipped in temples, and the Pope does not claim to be God. 
So none of these guesses fit exactly with what Paul describes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. In summary, no one knows for sure who the man of lawlessness is. But here's the good news. Whoever he is, and whenever he comes, Christians have nothing to fear. In fact, Paul says in verse 8 of that passage, The lawless one will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will overthrow him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. So don't get too caught up on trying to figure out who the man of lawlessness is. The chapter really wasn't about the man of lawlessness. It was about the return of Jesus. But we take great comfort and we take great hope in knowing that whoever the man of lawlessness is, and whenever he comes, if we follow Jesus, we follow the victor. Jesus always wins. I hope you have a great day. Keep your eyes on heaven. And I can't wait to talk with you next time.